Psalm 68, verses 4 to 18. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. When you, God, went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, you gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it. And from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. The Lord announces the words, and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. Kings and armies flee in haste. The women at home divide the plunder. Even while you sleep among the sheepfolds, the wings of my dove are sheathed with silver, its feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings in the land, it was like snow fallen on Mount Zalman. Mount Bashan, majestic mountain, Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. Why gaze in envy, you rugged mountain? At the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. Thank you, Felix, and hi, everyone. It is such a joy to be with you here tonight. As Felix said, I'm Kenny. I'm on the PCC here at HTC, and I also sing on the worship team. When I'm not here at HTC, I work in advertising, making adverts for Virgin Media and O2. So if you ever need to know the latest mobile phone or broadband deals, hit me up, I'm your gal. Um, let me say a quick prayer for us before we dive into the passage. Father, thank you so much for the joy of fellowship and for bringing us here tonight. I pray as we look into your word, you will be with us, you will speak to us, and we'll learn from you. Amen. So from our church weekend away in June, which was wonderful, and throughout this August summer night series, we have been exploring the theme of refresh. In the first week of August, we looked into how we find refreshment when we recognize our need for a savior. And last week, Bonnie took us through Psalm 23 and how the Savior gives us all that we need. Today, I'm going to be sharing two brief points from Psalm 68 about how we're refreshed for the fight. So this Psalm was written by King David, and he starts the Psalm by talking about the various ways that God fights for his people in the Old Testament. God is on the side of the poor, the afflicted, and the downtrodden, but he opposes those who rebel against him. David lists in the passage also various reasons to praise God. He describes God as a father to the fatherless, defender of widows, defender of families for those who are lonely. 
So this passage is from the Old Testament, but these are states of being that people will experience today, that some of you in this room might even be familiar with today. The passage also shows that God isn't only fighting for his people in their emotional states, he's also there for them through actual physical battles as well. David talks about how God led his people, the Israelites, out of slavery, which you can read about more in the book of Exodus. He fought for them and protected them from their enemies in the many, many years that they spent wandering in the desert. And he brought them to the promised land that they've been waiting for so, so many years to get to. So what does this bit of history in the passage mean for us today? Well, knowing that God fights for us, his people, gives us refreshment. It gives us something to hold on to, something to be encouraged by in times of hardship. It's not saying that times will always be great and swell and that things will always be good. Not at all. But knowing that God is fighting for us, his people, sometimes in ways that we might not understand, in ways that we might not always see, in these times of hardship, it strengthens us in times of temptation as well, and in times of doubt too, when we feel like we're doing things alone. Knowing that God fights for his people changes how we view the world and makes us want to bring this good news to others, like I'm bringing it to you all tonight. The fight that David mentions in the passage with the various ways that God fights for the Israelites foreshadows his victory in the greatest fight of all that will come in the New Testament. This is victory over death and sin with the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ on the cross, who died for our sins so that we can have eternal life. Sin is the biggest enemy that we face as Christians, and if this big enemy has already been defeated by Jesus on the cross, then the lesser enemies and the lesser battles that we face, we can take them head on, because if God fights that big enemy, then how much more will he fight these lesser enemies in his own way for us? Verse 18 in the passage also mentions Jesus ascending to his throne in heaven after dying on the cross and resurrecting, which is what Christians celebrate at Easter. And because of this, we as Christians have the hope that Jesus will come back to this battlefield world. He will renew it, he will restore it, and we will no longer have to fight, and we will be free of all the battles that we face today. So this passage isn't just a nice history recap of all the ways that the Israelites got through. These reminders that David gives us in the past give us hope for the future and for the present, and they encourage us to have confidence in God that we will always break through. So my question to you all this evening is, what is the fight looking like for you today? Where do you need God to fight for you? And where do you need this refreshment in your life today? If you call yourself a Christian, it can sometimes feel like you always have to put on a happy, smiley face and never say anything about the bad times or the hardships you're going through and always be smiley and happy. But that is so not the case at all. Jesus himself said in John 16:34 that in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So you don't have to feel alone as we've just sang in some of those worship songs right now. There is so much power and comfort and refreshment that comes from being open and vulnerable about your battles and coming to God in prayer with them. You might also feel like you've been in a battle for a while, or like you're in several battles right now and that God feels so distant and you can't see where he is. 
But trust me, even when you feel he's not there, he's never far away and he's always, always fighting for you. The worst battles are sometimes the, one that's the ones that we can't predict at all, the ones that seemingly come out of nowhere. And this is something that I have experience of personally. So a little anecdote, um, a lot of my friends and family call me Keeny instead of Kenny, because as the nickname suggests, I can be overly keen and enthusiastic in my excitement to throw myself fully into this. Um, fun fact, I started going gray at the age of 16 due to my teenage self-determination to be on every school sports team, every extracurricular club, do five ASs, volunteer after school with a charity, and also work a part-time job. Keeny indeed. But I think the most striking evidence of my keeniness was perhaps in my love of all things French growing up. I absolutely loved France and was obsessed with France to the extent that I would make my parents go on holidays to France every year so I could practice my speaking, much to the annoyance of my siblings. I owned all the berets, all the stripes, I read all the blogs, all the food, all the films, knew all the music. I was fully, fully obsessed. So when it came to me choosing um, what I was going to study at university, it was an absolute no-brainer that I would study French. And when it came to my third year, and I was deciding where I'd go for my year abroad, obviously, again, no-brainer, I would go to France. And again, I was like, I've prepared my entire life for this. I'm so ready. I'm keeny. There is nothing that can throw me at all about this year. This year will be great. But that year actually turned out to be one of the worst years of my life. And the dreamy internship that I've been sold wasn't all it was cracked out to be. The accommodation situation was a nightmare. I had an awful landlord and terrifying neighbors. And it was a very, very difficult year. Mostly because I was in France from 2015 to 2016 which was the year of all the awful terrorist attacks. So there was a lot of tension, a lot of fear in the air, especially a lot of fear of the other. So it was a bad year to be visibly a foreigner in France. And I faced some of the worst instances of racism that I've ever experienced in my life. It was awful. I was so disappointed, so frustrated, so disillusioned, so angry. This was a battle that I had not prepared for at all. I was due to come home in the holidays um, at Christmas to stand up in front of church and give an update about how my year abroad was going. And in classic Keeney fashion, I was like, okay, right, keep it top line. They don't need to know the gritty details. Prepared. And then I stood up in front of everyone, and much to my mortification, I just burst into tears. I could not stop crying. I was absolutely mortified. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk to my siblings. I didn't want to talk to my parents. I was just like, oh gosh, now everyone's seen. In, as I was sat in a corner feeling sorry for myself, a family friend came up to me and she gave me a piece of paper with Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31 on it, which is going to come up on the screen. And it says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. By sharing my battles so publicly, although unintentionally, 
I was able to remind it that God was fighting with me and for me and that I wasn't alone. This passage truly refreshed me and gave me the comfort and strength that I needed to face the rest of that hard year. And instead of wallowing and continuing to feel sorry for myself, I was able to see the blessings that I had around me, particularly in the great friendships that were to be made with the interns I live with, who are still my friends to this day. If you're not a Christian, you might find this all a bit odd, this idea of having a God who can fight for you, comfort you, and refresh you when you have battles and struggles. But I'd really, really like to encourage you to not dismiss it. If you've been dragged here as a favor to a friend, or if you've just wandered in from the common, curious about what all the singing is about, I'd really encourage you to speak to someone here tonight if this talk has sparked any questions that you have in mind. I'd like to invite the band back up, and we're going to have a bit more time now for some worship and some prayer. But if there are any battles you're going through, anything you want to share that you're struggling with right now, please, please do come out for prayer and be open and be vulnerable. There is so much healing that comes from that vulnerability and really, really find and think about how you can really tap into that refreshment that God only gives. And he's there for you in all the battles that you face. Amen.